You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio Despirito. Advice on buying and selling the American dream. I love that. What's up? My name is Emilio Desperado. Thanks for joining us today on our radio program slash podcast. We're here with you every single week, Sunday, 10 a.m. And also anytime on the iHeartRadio app, WHJJ and SoundCloud. Check us up. Uh, check us out on Facebook as well to facebook.com backslash Desperado team. We got a packed show for you today. A lot of great guests, a lot of good stuff we're chatting about. Uh, but today, right now, specifically, we're going to be talking about home inspections and repair requests. Okay. Super important topic because so many buyers are being told that, hey, you can't negotiate repairs or, hey, don't do this or don't do that or waive inspections, yada, yada, yada. But that's not always the key. Even in a hot market, you don't have to waive inspections and you should be asking for certain repairs. So without further ado, we're going to be talking with Mike Auger. He is my go-to home inspector. Fantastic. You can check out Patriot Home Inspector. Wait, I'm sorry. Home Inspector, HomeInspectorRI.com, right, Mike? Yes, sir. I totally botched that for you, bro. But anyways, Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. So yeah, home inspections, repair addendums, navigating through it. Mike, what do you? What are some things that people should ask for? What should they not ask for? I mean, you see yeah. That? So I mean, we, yeah, I, I get asked this all the time from customers. Hey, what what should I ask the seller to fix? So what what should I try to negotiate? Now, the first thing I'll tell you is I don't do the negotiation. I give you the news and explain and describe the house to you, and your agent should be helping you with the negotiation end of it, like you. Mm-hmm. But um, what should you ask for? Now, it varies. Like, like you were just alluding to uh, a minute ago, in the hot market when people are getting, you know, big dollars over asking price and super competitive uh, situations where there's several buyers and there's bidding wars and escalation clauses and all that fun stuff, um, it's harder to negotiate because you just don't have the leverage. So you're, you're seeing a lot of people that are stressing as is. Well, yeah, all, all the houses are as is, so that's fine. But um, mm-hmm. people are afraid to ask for repair uh, requests. Now, there's a there's a line. If you ask for them to fix, you know, a broken window lock and a missing door stopper and a torn screen and a pole in the carpet, along with a bunch of other stuff that actually has merit, they're just going to tell you no because they're not going to want to be bothered with that because that's that's unreasonable. Exactly. So the things you have to ask for are 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 you know, big ticket items, like if there's a roof leak, for example. Well, if you close three weeks from now, that thing is going to keep on leaking and it's going to damage other stuff. It's going to ruin what may be your house in the future or ruin what is still the seller's house right now. So something like that, I don't care what the market's like. If the roof's leaking, you, you want it fixed. And frankly, they probably do too. So that would be something you'd ask for. You might ask for something that's a safety concern. Let's say there's a hole in the exhaust pipe for the furnace. Yeah. Again, uh, that's going to carbon monoxide poison the people that live there now. So uh, we can't just let that go. Um, mold, uh, dangerous conditions like asbestos, uh, heating systems that don't work, rusted out electrical panels that could make fires. These are things, even in the hottest of hot, like white hot market with super competitive offers, you can still ask for these things. Um, now, they, they might tell you no, but I, I would never tell you not to ask for something that's a safety concern. You certainly mm-hmm. should ask for it. 
And if they say no, well, now you've got a decision to make. And you can say, well, they're not going to fix these things. Now you, know, you think, do I, do I take these problems on myself anyway? Because the numbers yeah. still work. Two other points there, too, uh, to, to back this up. And people got to think about this, right? We, negotiations happen when you have, when there's a win-win situation. So it, it behooves the sellers to do some of these repairs, especially the health and safety items, specifically if they have buyers with FHA. Okay, or VA, you know, veteran housing or uh, Rhode Island housing, anything like that, because an appraiser is going to go in and they're going to check anyways. They do a reinspection. That's number one. Number two, if they don't fix these items and the buyer walks away, now they have to legally disclose the defects in Rhode Island. They have to legally disclose those. So, you know, and if they don't, they could leave themselves liable for a lawsuit. So the, it, it, again, it behooves them to fix these items that inspectors bring up um, that are big like that. Yeah, real items with, with merit. I'm not talking normal wear and tear, crooked yeah. cabinet on a house that's built in 1950. Yeah, you know what? Somebody lives there. Those things are going to be there. I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking about things that are real defects that are going to you know, cause real damage, make it hard to live there, or maybe hurt somebody. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but, but you can always ask. Now... Here's, here's the, the key. When you ask for a repair, and I've had buyers come back to me, because sometimes what will happen is we'll do the inspection, uh, they'll negotiate some repairs, and then some buyers want to pay us to go out again to make sure that the repairs are done right because uh, they, they just want to really make sure it's done right or maybe they, they feel like the guy's going to cut corners or who knows, um, which is a service that sometimes we do, we do provide for people. Um, but when we go back out there, and you look at the language in the repair addendum, it sometimes is a little vague. So, for example, this one comes up all the time. You know, you see flashing around the chimney leaking, and there's, there's tears in it, and, and you see visible daylight and openings in it. And uh, it's a new roof, like a one-year-old roof, say, but they just didn't redo the flashing for some reason. And uh, it's leaking. So they ask for repair the flashing. Okay, now I go out there, and somebody took – three gallons of that black tar lexanite stuff and just slathered it around the chimney like somebody's frosting a cake and they called that repaired. And, you know, that's not the ideal repair, but the buyer, the buyer did, yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to paint a picture. It's a great word. Um, So uh, the, uh, that's not the ideal repair at that point. And so sometimes the buyer's disappointed. Hey man, that's not what we wanted. We wanted, we wanted new flashing on the chimney. I'm like, well, when I read the repair addendum and I'm comparing it to what you're asking me to look at, it says repair. It doesn't say how. It doesn't say replace the flashing. They agreed to perform a repair. Yeah. Um, so now you have a buyer that negotiated a repair, okay, a seller that agreed to perform a repair, and they did meet their legal obligation, as gross as it looks up there, um, but that's not what the buyer wanted. So now the buyer got a repair that now they want to go ahead and redo anyway, so they negotiated really like a, like a bandaid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, um, you'll see, you'll see a handrail thing. Well, a buyer wants, wants handrails put in or a buyer wants some other type of repair. That is something you're going to see within the house. Um, now you might have to put a handrail in if you're doing a VA or FHA, uh, type of loan because the appraiser calls it out and it will have to happen to close the loan. Yeah. But stuff like that, if it's not required to close the loan, you got to keep in mind a seller and I'm, and I'm not, you know, people are just people. They're going to fix it in the least expensive, 
uh, way that they can to get to the closing table, which may not be what you want if you make a vague repair request. And right. now you're going to have to redo it anyway. So I like to tell my, my buyers, when you're making a request, you want to be specific. If you want new flashing, not a bunch of tar on there, tell them you want mm-hmm. the flashing replaced. And tell them you want it done by a licensed roofer, and you, you're going to want to see the receipt from somebody with a license number, which doesn't guarantee it was done right, but it at least guarantees that they hired somebody with the, uh, the state credential to, to be able to do it right, hopefully. So it gives you a little bit of an assurance. Like when you have electrical repairs done, we always write, have it done by a licensed electrician. Sure. You can put that in your repair request. So you don't have Uncle Dave out there who wired it wrong the first time coming out and wiring it wrong again and, and getting to the closing table still with an unsafe electrical system. So these are tips when, you, when you're making your request and language that should end up in the repair addendum that, that will make the buyer's life better on the other end of things. So they're not going to have repairs done that are still, frankly, not good enough. I like that you put your like you put a realtor hat on. So you're kind of looking at it from from a different perspective than a typical home inspector, which I think is is super important, you know, because when people are going out there, Mike, and they're having situations like, you know, when when stuff comes up, there's a roof leak or like you said, a, a broken furnace or carbon monoxide leaking into the home. These are all things that can be remedied. And, you know, there's there's nothing worse um, than dealing with a home inspector that scares people away because every home has defects and that's you know, true and you know so it, it's i gotta say I, I appreciate that uh in a home inspector that quality in a home inspector um and that that's big but um i had a question and i completely forgot it and uh oh no it wasn't a question it was a statement mike hey listen our, our new uh, uh, amendments here uh addendums i'm sorry for repairs in rhode island they talk about a lot of what you you spoke about, which was awesome, and about having a, a registered contractor go out to fix stuff. So there's actually a section in there now that has that wonderful, uh, eloquently written language um, that really protects your buyers, you know. But furthermore, to your point, you know, anybody can slap up a railing. But who says that it's done correctly? Is it anchored incorrectly? Is it going to stay, you know, for a couple of years? Or is it going to fall off when grandma grabs it, you know? So, yeah. yeah so I appreciate what you're saying about being exact and, and, and um, you know, diligent with your wording. It's super important, you know? And I see that lacking so many times in, in repair addendums. And, and we, we, we see sometimes when you get somebody that, that is specific about a repair addendum request. Like, like we're talking about, that the repairs get done by a professional and, and they're more right. often than not more happy with the repairs. Or when you make a real specific repair request, depending on the seller's perspective on, on the whole situation, sometimes the seller will flip it and say, you know what? We don't want to do any of the repairs. Can we, do, uh, can we change the price? Can we give you a credit at closing, which I know sometimes you can do, sometimes you can't do. Um, but if if it puts cash in the buyer's pocket and they can do the repairs themselves rather than speculating, uh, you know, who might do the repairs, that's not necessarily a bad thing either mm-hmm. because now the buyer can choose after they take possession of the property to have who they want do it, how they want it done, and they have more control over the process being correct. So sometimes the repair addendum, it, it may not be repairs. It might be a financial negotiation instead, which, which is fine. 
Yep, absolutely. And if it's a cash deal, you're not giving, you're not asking for credits or anything. You're just taking it off of the purchase price. So you do a, an addendum to the purchase and sales agreement and you just take the price, uh, whatever it is, say 5,000 off of the price, negotiate that with the sellers and, uh, and, and, and move along in lieu of repairs. So good stuff, great information, homeinspectorri.com. Check it out, homeinspectorri.com. Mike Auger with Patriot Home Inspections. Mike, thanks for being here with us. Hey, thanks for having me on. Have a great day. You're welcome, man. Have a Merry Christmas. Awesome. Good Thank stuff. You. Thank you so much. This okay. is the Despirito team. This is the Despirito team show powered by Patriot Property Home Inspections. We're going to be back here at News Radio 920-1047 FM in a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. All righty. Thanks for joining us. We are jumping into our second segment here on the Despirito Team Real Estate Show, powered by Tapuzis and Associates. And uh, you know what that means. We've got on our friend, our uh, one of the top attorneys here in Rhode Island for real estate. And uh, his name is Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates. He's no stranger to the show and probably no stranger to you if you've been tuning in. But uh, Ted, Thanks, welcome Amelia. back. Good morning. Yeah, I appreciate man. it. Thanks yeah, for having me on. Always a pleasure. Hey, Ted, we are getting into the holiday season. It's Christmas. It'll be New Year's. And it seems like every single time people see their parents or they even, you know, they start thinking at this time, I got to hit some goals next year. Mm. I got to do some things. They start thinking about, uh, you know, aging. They start thinking about their assets. They start thinking about really what they want the next year and the rest of their life to look like, to be. And people are starting to think about, you know, estates, their estates, trusts. They're thinking about all of these different things, you know. Um, look, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and, and, and it's just, I feel it's an appropriate time. And I know we're going to be deep diving earlier in the year in this topic, but I want to give a brief overview to our listeners and really give them some advice. And, and, and I love hearing it from you. So let's talk about yeah, that. Today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think... Uh, you know, it's it's a really important conversation to have. And, and honestly, it comes up in every closing, believe it or not. It really does. I mean, maybe not to the extent um, that, you know, I think you and I want to, um, you know, discuss it with your with audience, our audience. Um, but I think, uh, you know, because that that goes into a little bit more of like estate planning. Um, but there's always that 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 element, you know, when when uh, when you take title to a property to make it simple you know, you have to like especially when, it, when it's, if it's just one person you know it's easy because it's just individually you know uh, it's it's you know there's no there's no real um you know concern there but when it's more than one person then you have all these options that come up right and we've talked about it before on, on previous um shows where you know you you can take title as as a couple a couple people as uh, uh tenants in common um, which is a, uh, a form of vesting where each side, each party has uh, an, an, an interest in the property. It doesn't have to be equal interest, uh, but that the, if the, and it's all about survivorship, like what's going to happen down the road, you know, who's going to, yeah. who's going to own this property if something happens to one of the people that, that are on title. Right. And that's, that's the concern that is important, you know? So, um, you know, like a tenants in common uh, scenario is where, you know, if something happens to one of the parties, the, uh, um, 
the survivor's still on the title, but the other one, um, the interest passes to their estate, which they have to go through probate. You have to go mm-hmm. through, um, uh, get a probate attorney, mm-hmm. go through court, takes mm-hmm. time, money, et cetera. But, you know, for, for the right, for some reasons, it is an important thing, especially when, you know, there, there are two people that might have, um, you know, uh, uh, children from prior marriages, you know, sure. um, you know, that uh, might not want. Um, the survivor to take everything. You know, so there might be a reason for it. So um, there's that. There's te- there's also uh, joint tenants who write survivorship, which um, and, you know the name implies what what the purpose is. Where um, you know you have if something happens to one of the parties, the su- the survivor is taking the full the full interest. Yeah. Um, so these are these are basic vestings, and and there's always that. Like if if you're buying in your individual capacities at a at a regular closing. Um, you know, this this conversation, you know, is always going to be um, the start of the closing. Um, but then, uh, yeah, how you want to take title. Right. But um, but then there then there does uh, it does go into some other things which uh, which aren't always part of your closing. It depends on the circumstance, depends on the location, Mass Rhode Island, you know, um, and also the age of the people, like you just mentioned a second ago. Um, you know, the younger the, the, the parties purchasing the property. You know, they, they're not thinking about, uh, you know, like the next step, the, the next yeah. frontier. You know, they're not no. thinking about like what happens to me if something goes wrong. You know, like they're they're just saying, well, I'm just looking forward to buying this property. Don't don't rain yeah. on my parade. But yeah. um, but I think um, but it's important as you get older to think about it, you know, and there are ways to take title like, uh, you know, um, you know, in a trust. Um, which I think is a great uh, vehicle, and I and I know sure that you know, we are going to talk a little bit about this in, in the in the new year, and I mm-hmm. think it's really important to discuss it, you know, because you need to have the right people, um, you know, helping you out and um, and 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 putting you in the right spot because it's that trust um, is a is a vehicle for um, you know safeguarding your assets, um, and at the same time you're preserving your rights. Um, down the road. So if something happens to you, there's always, this, you know, and you're the trustee, let's make it simple. You're the trustee of that trust. Uh, you always have through the mechanism of the trust, um, because it's usually you know, just, it's a lot of boilerplate. A lot of it is statutory. A lot of it's, you know, like local, local law, you know, Mass Rhode Island, you know, um, and kind of govern Connecticut. I, you know, I do work in Connecticut as well, but, um, uh, it's, um, you know, the, the form document trust document itself will tell what happens next, you know, mm-hmm. but if you put it into trust now, if something happens, let's say to that trustee, you know, and it does happen, you see closings like this all the time, there's yeah. always a mechanism for a successor trustee. Okay. And then there's also what, you know, that does the trust become irrevocable? Does it stay revocable? There's all these little elements that happen, you know, um, where, you know, how do the beneficiaries come into play, you know, but you can provide for all this through a simple trust, you know, and just because you purchase the property in your individual names doesn't necessarily mean that you're stuck in your individual names. Yeah. You know, all, all you need to do is really just um, let the mortgage company, if you're financing, let the mortgage company know that you're taking the property um, and, and uh, vesting it into your trust. Are you OK with it? Remember, you got to let the, the mortgage company know. Oh, um, sure. And that's when I say mortgage company, I'm talking the servicer of your loan, you know, yeah. um, who you're making your mortgage payments to. They got to know because um, that if once you make that change on title, the uh, that that is called the vesting. It gets recorded in the public records. Yeah. And then the tax bill follows that vesting. Right. Yeah. So the bank, the more the mortgage company, the, the the servicer will find out 
So, and there's a provision in the mortgage, it's called the due on sale provision, um, which if you don't let your mortgage company know, they can call the loan. So you want Mm. to be transparent about it. And it's not something that, it's very routine to put something into trust or to add, um, you know, uh, um, a, a, uh, a spouse onto title. You know, these kind of things, you know, you're not taking yourself off when you're adding a spouse to title, you're just adding a spouse to title. And then you're just also um, doing what's what is, you know, reasonable estate planning um, mm-hmm. is you're providing a provision for, you know, a survivorship, you know, what happens next, if I pass or if she passes or whatever, yep. um, you know, what, who's going to own the property, Super then? Important. you know, it's very important yeah. stuff. It really is. You, you can't just look at it like, I'm the owner and that's all it is, you know, it's um, overlooked. You yeah. can, yeah, it's always overlooked. And no one wants to not... look at their mortality. You know what I mean? It's a tough subject. No, no is. one wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to. And I don't blame it. I don't want to. I hate talking I about either. it. Like, yeah. right. It yeah. just is right. what it is. But yeah, it, of course, yeah, I, Ted, you know, I got a question for you. Right. So, and this is probably a simple question, right? Uh, it's this is like a softball question, I think. Right. But mm-hmm. I, I'm even curious, like what? So somebody they want to search their title, right? Like they want to look up their title, see how they take they've taken title on their property. It's 10, 20, 30 years ago that they've done this. What is the easiest way for them to do it? Can they just go on the, the public tax assessor website? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think um, the easiest thing to do is just go right to the tax assessor, you know, okay. so if it's in the, wherever the, you know, depending on, you know, and I know where our audience is far reaching, you know, it's not just Rhode Island and not just yeah. Massachusetts, it's far reaching. So every, every state has their own way to um, record instruments. But if you go to the local tax um, assessor, uh, yep. usually they'll have a link or they'll, they'll list the book and page reference to the last known deed that got recorded, you know, mm-hmm. the deed that where, where you took title to the property. Um, and, and that's, that's a perfect start. Sometimes it's like hyperlink. So you can just click on that hyperlink, you know, you click on the book and page, um, it turns mm-hmm. blue and then it just yep. switches you over to the recording, you know, like the registry or the land evidence records in Rhode Island. Um, you know, and I, I practice in Florida too. Um, it's set up that way. So you, that's the fa- that's the easiest way to look, um, and or you can always go to the the, um, the the local town, the county, where if depending on the state, and uh, and look up your name um, yep. in the public records. And uh, most most of these public records are all online now, so um, you know you can they never find used to yourself. Be. They never yeah. used to be. I mean, it depends on how long, how far back they go. Some don't go that far back. Um, yeah. Some only go, you know, uh, twenty years back. If you own yep. the 30 years, you will have to, you, you need, you'll need a hand, um, you know, but um, the first, the best place to start is exactly like you said, go to the tax assessor. Yeah. So, I mean, by the way, you, you can just Google, like, let's just say if it's like Warwick, mm-hmm. Rhode Island, you can Google Warwick, Rhode Island tax assessor database, and then it'll yep. pop up, you know? Um, but, you know, so, so I ask you that question because as, as realtors, and we have a lot of realtors that listen to the show, we're not necessarily always pulling tight. We don't have to pull and check preliminary title. Um, I do because I like to see like who, who's like the listing, you know, who, which name, what, what, what instrument it's under, what instrument the title is under. But literally I learned this not that long ago to do as crazy as it sounds, you know, because we always depend on the title company, the uh, at closing or the attorney at closing to, to, 
to double check and finalize all this. But it is legal it. documents that people are signing. So you should be pulling. A right, right. Title. And I think I think that's a really important point. I got to tell you, um, you yep. need to know what happened to the other person. I mean, did they pass? Did they are they still around? Uh, you know, what happened to them? Did you get divorced? You know, there's there's all these little things that 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 come into play. You don't want to, you know, show up at the finish line and find out yeah. that somebody passed away. You're and not going to go through the finish line. You, you, no, you're, you're not going to go through the small. finish line. You're going to have to do another lap or two or three. No, no good. No That's good. right. That's right. Exactly. Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis and Associates. They're headquartered right out of uh, Warwick, Rhode Island, Jefferson Boulevard, servicing Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Florida. He's got a, another another office down in Florida as well. So we love that because we have a lot of clients that are relocating down to Florida as well. So they can use the same attorney. You know, whether they're going to Mass, Connecticut, Rhode Island, or Florida, it's wonderful. Ted, appreciate you being here, dropping some knowledge on, uh, on estate planning. And we are going to come back with you next year. Can't wait to have you back on. We're going to dive into that a little bit more, answer some okay. of our uh, answer some of our listeners' questions. By the way, if you're, you're listening and you have questions, you can text me or call me, 401-359-2338. Any questions about estate uh, sales, any questions about, you know, trusts, anything at all, maybe title questions, whatever you got, we can help you out. I'll point you in the direction of Ted Tapuzis at Tapuzis and Associates. Ted, thanks again, man. Have thanks, a Merry Christmas. Million. We'll see you next time. Okay. You too. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks, hey, million. stay tuned. We're going to be right back in a couple minutes here on News Radio 920, 1047 FM. This is the Dispirito Team Real Estate Show powered by Tapuzis and Associates. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I'm Emilio Despirito, and this is your show all about real estate and all about business as well. Uh, we love talking business. We're entrepreneurial here, and uh, we like having folks like Mr. Peter George from Peter George Public Speaking on here. Every time he's here, I learn something new. I find public speaking and, uh, you know, connecting with people. I find it fascinating. I really do. Communication is so vital to everything we do from our uh, business to our personal lives and everything in between. Right. So Peter, welcome back to the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So we have a great topic today. We're talking about three ways to engage your audiences and, you know, Peter, what, like, three ways to engage your, I'm sure there's a million ways to engage audiences, but I like that you're nailing down and giving us some specific things to think about and, and, uh, and kind of keep in the back of our head as we go to holiday events, as we go to, I hate calling holiday Christmas events, as we go and, you know, see family and friends and do all this stuff or go to events, uh, you know, for work or go speak. It's good stuff. What are three ways the speaker can engage or re-engage their audiences? Well, it's funny you say that there might be more ways than three, and there are. I actually have a list in front of me that many more, just in case you wanted to go over the three. But the three, one is questions. If you want to get people reengaged in a conversation, whether it's a conversation at a holiday party, whether it, you're speaking up on stage, ask questions, rhetorical or actual. Yeah. When we ask questions, people answer them. They may not even realize they're answering them, but they are. The answer might even be, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> Ooh, but they're still re-engaged. And sure. that's what you're trying to do. 
So when people are constantly speaking, give the other people a chance to speak, even if they can. Again, if you're presenting up on stage, people don't speak from the audience, but you can still have a conversation. Ask them questions. And here's the key to once you ask a question, stop talking. Mm -hmm. Because you have to give them time to answer it. If you don't give them time to answer it and keep talking, let's say it's a rhetorical question, you just say something like, how are you doing today? Okay, let's move on to this. You didn't give them time to speak. It'd be like a comedian telling a joke and not giving people time to laugh. Yeah, it's rude. It's kind of rude. It comes off as rude and you may not mean it, but. Right. And think of a comedian not giving people time to laugh. It only takes about two jokes of not letting them laugh for them to learn, oh, I guess he doesn't want me to laugh. So we'll just sit here quietly. Wow. Yeah. Same thing. When you ask a question, stop talking, let them answer it, you know, if it's in their head and they'll be re-engaged with you. Mm -hmm. It sounds so basic, right? But I want, I want our listeners, when, when you are in even when you're in conversation or when you're speaking, I want you to think about that and, and you're going to catch yourself doing it. We all do sometimes, right? Well you, know what's, well, you know what's funny is you said communication is so important and so crucial in our lives, and it is, Survival. including per, our personal lives, right? I have a tendency not to listen when my wife's talking, if I'm concentrating on something <laughs> like else. I'm sure, no one else has that that. Oh, I'm sure no one else has that problem. But my wife has a, a great way when she knows I'm not act, actively listening yeah. of, of asking a question. Smacks you in the head. So what do you think? Now what? Huh? What? Because now I have to be engaged. Love it. She's you know, so she teach all, you everything you know? She taught me a lot of it, yeah. Because <laughs> it's human nature. It, she actually has yeah. because it's human nature. Yeah. So asking a question gets people to want to respond. Yeah, absolutely. Number two, what's what's two on the list? Tell a story. Hmm. Stories Tell are always it. engaging and relatable. Oh, incredible. Uh -huh. We, whether our brains are affected by stories because we uh, have been hearing stories since the beginning of our creation, or if it's the other way around, that our brains were that way, and that's why stories have affected of us over the uh, centuries, doesn't matter. But we surround ourselves by stories, books, even magazine articles. Some of those can be stories, movies, television shows, conversations. We surround ourselves by stories. So if you want to get someone engaged, tell a story. Number three. Most people, however, oh, tell sorry. anecdotes. Wait, go ahead. Can you, can you elaborate on that a little more? Yeah, the difference between an anecdote and a story mm -hmm. is a story has conflict. Add conflict to the story. Hey, I was going to, we do it all the time, right? I yeah. was going to visit Emilio and sure enough, I get on 95 and it's a parking lot. Mm. So I get, I finally creep to the next exit. I get off. Everybody else had the same idea. So now it's four turns of every light. And where I gave myself 20 minutes extra time, I'm a half hour late at Emilio's office. Conflict keeps us interested. Overcoming that conflict in the resolution is what uh, keeps us satisfied. An anecdote is I went to Emilio's office. There was a lot of traffic on the way. I got there. Got you. Got it doesn't you. escalate. It doesn't 
involve you or I went to Emilio's office. There was no traffic. It was amazing. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. So Anecdotes. Speaking, speaking stories. Yeah. Stories matter. Stories get people engaged. If you're just tuning in, I'm Emilio Desperado, and this is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show powered by Peter George Public Speaking. You can check them out at petergeorgepublicspeaking.com. We're talking about three ways to engage your audience, regardless if you are in personal, you know, holiday parties, or if you are speaking at an event, this is relevant, great information for you. Um, and so, so Peter, so what about number three? What's your third tip? Create tension. Create tension. Can you give me an example of uh, creating tension and why is it, why is tension effective? He's doing it now. And there's an example for you. Because <laughs> right? I look, I saw the look on your face for a second. It's like, is he on mute? Can he not hear me? <laughs> there was tension. Mm -hmm. And when we cause suspense just that way, don't say anything. It causes suspense. People tune in of why isn't he talking? Pulls suspense. Excuse me? Pulls you in. Pulls you in. Suspense causes tension. Tension demands attention. Hmm. So if you, a simple way to get people re-engaged is to just pause for a few seconds mm -hmm. or any other way to cause suspense or tension. But when you do that, people are right there. It's like, why is this happening? It's, you know, so we have a lot of, a lot of guests come on our show, right? And this is one of the things like, I almost want to make a video with you on prepping guests, right? Because it's hard, right? Like, um, a lot of people, they, they have so much to say because they're specialists in certain fields and they don't have a lot of time. We're restricted by, you know, the terrestrial radio. If this was a, a pure podcast and we do have a podcast here, but it's again, restricted by commercial breaks and everything else, you know, it would be um, a little bit more free flowing and whatnot, but they get, they try to spit it all out and pauses. I tell them are so vital, right? Because it, it, it gives the audience as well time to think time to absorb the information that they took in. And, and it's huge. And it also gives me the host time to speak and ask questions, right? It's a two way, nice <laughs> conversation here. And you and I do this, do this very well. I try to keep my mouth shut so I can hear more of your stuff, but, uh, but uh, Peter George, yeah, but it is a conversation. Yeah. And, and it's not you getting on and saying, okay, Peter, go. Sometimes it is. It depends. <laughs> Depends how the night before was, right? right. <laughs> yeah. But no, I but, hear you. Man. And, and what you can tell, what you can prep your, your guest with is I said, I have a number of things listed that I can speak about, about re-engaging your audience. Yep. But I only wanted to focus on three. And truthfully, we could just focus on one for five, 10 or 15 minutes. But if I came out and spoke about 15, 20 and just rattled them off and I'm saying, well, I want to give everybody as many as I can. The odds are they get none. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just too much information. So when you do have guests who rattle stuff off and just want to get more information out so they can help people, they're actually doing them a disservice and doing themselves a disservice. Isn't it funny? It really is. Less, less is more. And speaking of less is more, we got to cut to a commercial break. So we're going to have to cut you short here. Mr. Peter George, <laughs> Listen, he's, he's fantastic. I can't speak highly enough about this gentleman, petergeorgepublicspeaking.com. Go ahead, check him out. You can go ahead and reserve your courses as well. If you'd like to take courses with Peter George, 
fantastic skill to practice and to hone in in 2022. Let me tell you, because again, communication is not only survival, it is everything, right? Maybe you can communicate better with your spouse. Maybe you can communicate better with your friends, your family, your clients, whoever it is. Good stuff. Peter, thank you so much. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm here. You. you too, man. Great segment. Thank you so much. Hey, stay tuned. We've got on Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. She's coming on in two minutes. This is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show powered by Peter George speaking. PeterGeorgePublicSpeaking.com. Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio. So you can see oh, what's going on. What's going on? What's going on? Hey, thanks for tuning in. We have on one of my favorite segments, and it's Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. Jen's here with us every single week, seven years now, and she's, uh, it's crazy to think, and she's talking about, right, and she's talking about the top five events happening here in Rhode Island. Listen, if you've never been to riblogger.com, check it out. A lot of stuff to see there, a lot of events happening in this tiny little lovely state we call Rhode Island. Jen, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me. We have some, um, a good mixture, some a few more holiday things to squeeze in, um, a winter break idea. So um, Monday, December 27th, which you know is part of winter break if the kids are home, is the perfect day um, to head to the Roger William Park Zoo. It's National Zoo Day, um, so they'll be having free admission from um, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, and also, it's a great idea to go because you can bring a non-perishable food item, which they'll have a truck ready to donate to the Rhode Island Community Food Bank. So it's a great way to support the zoo and um, support a local organization, too, at the same time. And it'll give you something to do, a free something to do, actually. That's awesome. Um, if you aren't quite ready to let go of Christmas, uh, December 26th, um, you can head to, um, sorry, December 26th will feature the, the Duke Robillard Band. Um, and they'll be playing songs from their upcoming album. And the show is at 8 p.m. and 20, it's $20. Tickets are on sale now. Um, and also, if you're looking to support another cause, the Gloria Gemma Foundation, um, I don't know if you've done this, it's off of um, Tenrod Road. They have the drive through display. So it's- I have been there. I did go. I took my son there uh, last week. They did an amazing job. Yeah, so it's it's all volunteer. Um, it's just you know donations recommended to the Gloria Gemma Breast Cancer Foundation, um, and it's over two hundred inflatable, um, you know, seasonal characters with tons of life and a life that plays to music. They did it for Halloween too, so they do it for Halloween oh. and for uh, the holiday season. So that's awesome. That's pretty cool. So it's a great Santa way. Is there? Yeah. Oh. Oh. See. So yeah, yeah. We haven't gone yet. We're going to go. Yeah. Um, you gotta take. You gotta take yeah, but I was like, we got to get hot chocolates, you know, and then do the drive through. But it's nice if you just want to stay in the car, stay cozy and, and um, see that. And this sounds amazing. December 23rd is the eighth annual Christmas cocktail cabaret at the Towers in Narragansett at 730. Um, the Towers is just one of my favorite places to be. It's so beautiful and right out over the water. Um, so the Towers is the backdrop. There'll be cocktails to sip, carols to sing, festive music, um, scenes full of Christmas cheer. And it's guaranteed to get you into the holiday spirit. You can get your tickets and get them as soon as possible by calling 401-218-0282. So 
those are limited. Mm-hmm. And sure. last but not least, another free event. Um, Thursday, December 23rd is free movie night at the Stadium Theater in Woonsocket at 7 p.m. Uh, the movie will be Polar Express, which is one of my favorite ones. I think I watched it like five times every Christmas okay. season. Um, so you can enjoy, uh, you know, family-friendly movie. Um, it's, you know, about the boy who ends up on the steam engine that's heading to the North Pole and his experience of, you know, becoming a believer again. So it's a great show for all ages. That's and it's free. And it's free from our wonderful friends at Stadium Theater. Beautiful venue. Absolutely. Awesome. And you can check it all out at riblogger.com along with dozens and dozens more updated daily Good stuff. Jennifer, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me. Have a great rest of your weekend. Yeah, have a Merry Christmas, Jen. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Awesome show today. I'd like to thank Mike Auger with Patriot Home Inspections, Ted Tapuzis with Tapuzis & Associates, Jennifer Jaber with rblogger.com, Peter George with PeterGeorgePublicSpeaking.com. And you, our listeners, for being here with us. Give me a shout, text, call, whatever you want to do, 401 359 2338 with any questions regarding real estate, and I'm happy to help you out. We'll see you here next week. Same day, same time. Take care. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. News Radio 920 1047 FM.